0: The Boldly Now Show, Burning Desire, Big Ideas, Bold Action. This is Michael Sean Conaway with Boldly Now. Uh, We have the great honor of of introducing you to Lynn Twist for a conversation. Lynn is uh, the founder of The Hunger Project, or one of the founders, one of the founders of Pachamama Alliance and an author. Uh, the book Soul of Money has touched many of us in, in seeing and understanding the magic and energy of money. Uh, Lynn, welcome to Boldly Now. Thank you so much. Um, Lynn, with all this you know, disruption in life uh, with COVID and all of the, um, uh, the, the things going on in the world and things that people are grappling and wrestling with, I just want to start with asking, how are you and how are things going there for you?
1: Well, thank you for asking and thank you for having me um, uh, in this interview. I'm delighted to talk to you about anything, but particularly this unprecedented time we're living in, which is um, both a huge, uh, gigantic opportunity and a huge, gigantic tragedy, a crisis of epic proportions and an opening and a portal uh, that I've never seen in my lifetime. So it's it's kind of like everything. and. Um, uh, your question about me is I'm doing very well. I live in San Francisco. My husband and I um, are in our home like everybody is. And our friend, uh, our friend Sarah Better, who works very closely with us, who lives alone, um, moved in with us right at the beginning of this to knowing that she would want to be with somebody and the three of us. And then my children and grandchildren are in their homes and we talk to them uh, at least once a week on Zoom and pretty much every day. And everybody is not only fine, but we're kind of um, flourishing in the disruption, in the pause, in the being at home, in being together. And we're also, uh, in every way we can, reaching out to the millions of people for whom this is a horrendous crisis, not a pause, but a devastation, a, uh, a, a crushing um, destruction of their life. So um, to be honest, you know, the privilege that we have been afforded is such a gift. And at the same time, it, I'm more aware than I've ever been of, uh, of what that privilege gives me and how many, 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 many people do not have anything close to it. So,
0: you know, you've been a, a demonstration, if you will, of, of Living a life, you know, in service to both your purpose and your passion, but in service to the world. Um, thinking of, you know, in the the the, the crazy, audacious task of ending, ending hunger, or uh, protecting the headwaters of the Amazon. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of people right now are kind of in this, and they're they're kind of coming through wounds and coming through, you know, some tragedy or coming through some frustration, and they're just wishing they could do something in the world. Uh, they could do something locally to make something better, or, or maybe even on a big, large scale. Or, you know, what would you say to them? How would you say for them to even examine that feeling and then, then how to take action on it?
1: Um, well, uh, first of all, I love that that is your question and I love that people are having that experience because when we pause the frenzy and franticness of our consumer culture, when we pause and relax a little even a little bit the structures of patriarchy that, that dominate the way we think when we have the opportunity to let go of a, a pace that's unhealthy for us and for the planet we see really in many cases for the first time more clearly than ever um how uh how what there is to go to work on really um and what Buckminster Fuller used to call the fake jobs you know they they they're the they're the ones that that we don't really need fake jobs are often the ones that pay the best but what's really needed is is, is what we're now calling the essential workers and i love that people who used to have to fight for a living wage and were called low income are now called essential i love that i want us to make sure we keep that label for the people who do pick up our garbage to the people who drive the trucks from the farms to the grocery store to to the people who um who you know really are making, keeping life afloat, um, so uh, first of all, I think that there's an enormous opportunity to support those people, the people that are now called essential workers, the frontline responders, the police, the fire people, the uh, grocery store clerks, and to be in real reverence and recognition of them also to this is an opportunity for profound I think appreciation for teachers. Especially people who are homeschooling their kids. I mean, to really recognize what it takes for one teacher to be with kids all day long that are six years old, for, you know, maybe 38 kids in one room. I mean, you know, just the appreciation of these uh, people that are paid in no way, way close to what they deserve, given what they do. So a re, um, reordering of our society, a re understanding of who's really doing work that's worth doing, (laughs) that's meaningful and and getting behind them, getting, uh, uh, lifting them up, making sure that we do everything we can to have them be financially compensated, consistent with how essential they are uh, and relaxing our enormous um, uh, kind of unearned, I think, uh, adoration of what I'll call the fake jobs, the huge finance sector uh, that is that is manipulating money uh, to the nines uh, and making money off money, off money, off money, off money, not producing anything for anyone, but just skimming off the top to, to really notice how completely distorted uh, our, our world has become and to reach out and um, make uh, real noise about that with our voices so that things come out of this dramatically, radically, transformationally, evolutionarily changed. So I think that's one job everybody can do, writing to their congressman, um, writing op-eds in, the, in the, uh, online, um, listening to the, the blogs and the, um, the thought leaders that are really starting to speak about how to reshape civilization. And then of course, being as generous as you can possibly be with your money, if you have it, if you're lucky enough to have it, with organizations that are hurting, that need support, that need financial support, and, that, and I'm talking about restaurants now. You know, your local restaurant. Order out from them if you can. Keep them alive, uh, as well as the uh, the the food banks and the uh, places that are really keeping people f- from, you know, c- the most dire circumstances. To be generous financially, but also. With your time, with your energy, and with your love, you know I really believe in the power of meditation and prayer. Uh, I believe that um, that we can actually uh, start to redesign uh, and reimagine the world through our intentionality. Um, and then, for those people who feel comfortable enough, volunteer. I mean, actually, suit yourself up with gloves and a mask and go make something happen uh, with food banks. With Uh, with going to hospitals, with making sure that young people uh, are um, able to go to work by helping care for their kids. We have a, uh, I live on a dead end street in San Francisco and our block, uh, everybody knows everybody in our block. We're, um, you know, it's so rare for people to have a local experience of their neighborhood now. Um, And this stay at home order gives us the opportunity to really take care of our neighbors. Um, loan things to each other. You can do that with social distancing. You can put your mask on and, and take a casserole to an older person on your block. You can. Um, we're having a dance party here on Fifth Avenue. I live on Fifth Avenue in San Francisco. We're having a band come at the end of our block and we're closing off to traffic. It's a dead-end street, so that's easy to do. And they're going to social distance the band. And then we're going to dance, all of us in the middle of the street, uh, kids. And we're, each person has a, a where the kids are doing a, um, drawing a circle in, on ch- of chalk on the ground, and you have to stay in your little orbit and you can dance your heart out and we're all taking pictures of each other. I mean, people are getting so creative to find ways to serve and support each other. And, and that's kind of a party thing, but I'm, I'm just suggesting that you really see who needs you now, who, who can you serve, who, who's, who needs childcare, who needs a meal, who needs a, a, a Zoom call? Who needs a, a who needs some tech support? Who who needs to to have a, a you know someone leave a, a note on their doorstep or a bunch of flowers? Where and how can we connect with people and express our relatedness and our love now? And you know, there's a thousand ways. I've just given some ideas, but it is it is a time for connectivity. It is a time for relationship, even though we're Quote, unquote, isolated, we're more connected than ever. It's a time for the kind of program that you're producing. It's absolutely a time for that. Uh, really, really perfect timing for bringing forth an environmentally sustainable, spiritually fulfilling, socially just human presence on this planet. This is the moment, this is the time. And to um, answer a question you're not quite asking, but I'm going to say it anyway, the shamans we work with at Pachamama Alliance in the rainforest, they say this is the announcement of a the beginning of a huge kind of profound cleanse. They call it a cleanse. It's not a punishment. It's an ally cleansing us of our consumerism, cleansing us of our individuation, cleansing us of our um, you know, the hamster wheel of our thoughts about ourselves, cleansing us of being irresponsible about the long-term future of life. Because climate change and global warming is going to, this is nothing compared to what's coming. Nothing compared to what's coming. And that we're all responding so in such a coordinated fashion is kind of a miracle. I've never seen anything like this in my lifetime. And this response, even though in some places it's totally inadequate, is a global oneness that you and I have been talking about since we were born. And now people can feel it. So. Uh, it, it's an announcement of what's to come in both the um, evolutionary leap we we are taking, we must take, and it's an announcement of what we're going to need to do to face the enormous consequences of climate change
0: and global warming. Uh, you said something that that like just provoked a new thought in me uh, about about how we have this kind of self cycling self thoughts. we our, our thoughts in our heads just cycle round and round. Uh, and I, you know in buddhism we, we talk about you know accepting rejecting like my, our brain is a, a machine that says i like that i don't like that i like that i don't like that and it's non-stop mm-hmm. dividing the world into piles of things we like and piles of things we don't and I, and i just it occurred to me that that the ultimate you know the ultimate life for that brain is a life where everything like there's never there's never a virus there's never problems with climate change uh, you know, there's, there's no racism, there's no sexism, there's no patriarchy. Our brain actually wants everything to get flat and level or that part of our brain, you know, like let's we'll, 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 just for dualistic sake, not like it's true, say that there is a part of our brain, that the part of us that does that and a part of us that's a soul. But you know, I think, I think what just occurred to me when he said that is like, oh, it's okay that we're having really disruptive times. Mm-hmm. Because that's real. I mean that's 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 really real and it's not this kind of glossed over, you know, like I like vanilla ice cream world. Um, and and if we've got more of this to come, one of the ways you could look at it is like oh oh poor me or oh poor us. Like oh we're going to have to endure these climate change things or these virus things. But another way to look at it is is oh lucky us. We okay. have such a a reason to uh, abandon our self-centeredness
1: yes. and embrace
0: yeah. one another. And and really become the the loving connected humanity united humanity that that's our our maybe so far has been our potential or our possibility, um, so that's that's what just occurred to me like maybe instead of rejecting what's coming or rejecting what's so, maybe there should be a level of of appreciation and love, for those things coming in and maybe that's the the message of the shaman that that, that came to me as you said that.
1: Yes, I would say that's absolutely the way um, to, I think, deal with this. To embrace it, not fight it. Um, To actually um, realize in some, this comes from one of our healer colleagues in Peru. He said that it's in some deep primordial place in who we are. We've been waiting for something like this to happen. Something powerful and sacred enough to interrupt and stop us from the destructive ways we're living that we don't know how to stop. And that it, the virus is an is incredible, it's not a punishment, it's an incredible ally. Um, and it's, um, that's, it's not happening to us, it's happening for us as uh, Byron Katie would say, or Paul Hawken. Uh, just like climate change is not happening to us, it's happening for us, it is feedback. And um, there's a wonderful doctor that I'm very involved with right now and I have enormous respect for, who says that the virus is actually, vi- viral viruses, there's thousands of them. Uh, they are they're new ones all the time. Um, there has been almost no vaccines for virus ever invented. There's no vaccines for SARS. There's no vaccine for Ebola. There's no vaccine for HIV. These viruses come and they, uh, what he has said, and I think this is an amazing way to look at this, viruses update our biological systems to adapt to the changes of the world. So in the animal kingdom and the plant kingdom, and, and, and we're part of all that, viruses come and update the, the, uh, the genetic biology of our species. And we are a species that heads, is headed towards our extinction unless we make very serious changes. And we need biological ge- genomic help for that. I like holding it that way because it gives me, um, it gives me, I, I guess it gives me hope. It makes sense to me. It allows me to understand that this is a time and a place and a, um, a, a moment when we are being aided uh, by something. And, you know, it, I think about the way the natural world works, and we're part of that. Forest fires, although they're destructive, are very, very important to the restoration of forests. And some of the trees die, many of them, most of them do. Um, uh, you know, these uh, floods uh, that come through or tsunamis that come through are horribly destructive, but they also create uh, adaptations in the natural cycles. So, you know, we, these the, these um, human beings who, who have such grandiose ideas about ourselves, we're actually part of a much larger ecological system. We're not in charge of it. We're not trying to save it. We are part of it. And it is actually probably saving us. So that, was- um, that way of looking at it um, is another way to make sense of all this. And I appreciate that, what you said. Because for me, um, uh, I, I, I have a, my heart really goes out to those people who are suffering. Uh, but even the economic uh, ramifications of this are revealing that our money system is, is, is completely not working. And if, it, if we can actually see that this um, dissolution of the systems and structures that uh, we've been caught in for so long is a gift, not a tragedy because we will need to reimagine, recreate the world out of it. Rather than trying to fix the systems, uh, we have the opportunity, the possibility, I think the, the duty uh, and the great privilege of reimagining, recreating, redesigning, renewing, respecting, relooking, um, re, um, uh, formulating, uh, the world. And that's what I think this whole thing is ultimately going to give us the opportunity to
0: do. I love, I want to. I just want to mark something there that um, you, were, you were saying, and they're going to ties all of these pieces together. I think human beings see themselves separate from an ecosystem. I think we see ourselves as this kind of completely other alien thing on the planet. And then there's, lo- then there's the rest of life. Yes. Um, and what you're saying is that there's a, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm gonna go a little bit further with this, but there's an inherent intelligence here. You know, we might call it self-organizing universe. You might call it God. You might call it whatever occurs to you. But there's an intelligence.
1: Absolutely. Um, yeah.
0: And, and 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 if the if the virus is part of the intelligence, and I love what you said, it's come here to actually upgrade us as a species, or up maybe even upgrade the ecosystem, not to destroy us or take us out. But I like like if you could say there's like there's something going on here something going on here. And we're not <laughs> unlike we, we'd we like to think that we're at the cause of every single thing going on on the planet. Maybe that we're actually part of it all. Uh, and we have enough, we have enough intelligence if we really think about it to, to apprehend that thing going on out there and yeah. to acknowledge yeah. it and, and to give it some, uh, some, yeah, like respect. I mean, respect to COVID-19. It is, it is it's powerful. It's a force of nature, um, and uh, you know it stopped most human systems. You know they're all so fragile that that one virus took it all out. And the other thing I think you're saying, and I want to I want to dig into this a little bit more because I think it points to the future, is that, you know, most human systems are not like ecologies. They're not built on these these really small feedback loops that add up to an overall system that communicates really well with itself. I um, you know. Our, our government can't deploy masks, right? Like one of the most simple functions you would think that a society could do is actually take a, a product and make sure everybody has enough of it. Um, but because masks had never been in demand like they were before, the system wasn't optimized for that. Right. So, so then it's fragile. Boom, the, the demand for masks goes up, masks, mask distribution breaks. Uh, you know, a, a forest that goes into drought doesn't break. And neither does it when it goes into flood because it's, there's a whole set of things that happen in the microbiome and happen in all these things. Forests aren't fragile the way our human inventions are, our human systems are. And, and, uh, and you know I, th- I think when we start looking at our financial system, our health system, something like that, we gotta get with the, the, the patterning that nature does, the ecosystem, uh, you know, ecology approach designing things Mm-hmm. I don't know how to do that myself and I, I mean, hopefully we find some really, but I, I do get a sense that we're being asked to be part of an ecosystem and we or being asked to pattern our human inventions after those things, or at least in conjunction, not, not against uh, kind of the principles of ecosystems.
1: Exactly. There's a wonderful um, book that you probably know of, but if you don't, I recommend it called Biomimicry by Janine Benias and I was recently on a panel with her at a, an event kind of like what we're creating here. And um, she worked with, uh, she works with many companies to have them replicate and really mimic the way natural systems work uh, rather than try to dominate and control and over, uh, over, uh, overlord um, their particular market uh, or their particular discipline um, and there, there's a wonderful story that I think many, many people know, but um, if people don't, they should look it up uh, about Interface Carpet, the carpet company that went from being horribly, horribly polluting to the environment and to the natural world and to the people. And the, um, the president and CEO, Ray Anderson, um, said after he realized what he was doing that he should be uh, in jail. He should be in prison for what he's done to the environment, that it's ecocide. Uh, and then he took the, everything that he had in his his wisdom and his knowledge and his company and his money, and he turned that company into uh, not just a zero waste and zero carbon company, but a company that contributes to life, actually generates life. And they make carpets at the same time. And there's a wonderful new film about that that's about to come out. Right. Um, and that story is such an um, icon of what you're talking about, because Life generates life, living systems generate life, generate prosperity and vitality around them. Um, and we've, we need to realize that our, um, our man-made, human-made systems, uh, there are some that do that because they've been invented by people who are thinking that way, but most do not. And that is really what we're up against now. Buckminster Fuller predicted this. He said that in, within 50 years, in 1976, he said within 50 years, all of our institutions would be so dysfunctional that we would need to, we wouldn't be able to fix them. We would need to recreate them from a, from a different source, a, a source of understanding the sufficiency of the finite planet, not the um, scarcity of resources that we're always fighting for, but that we have enough resources if we care for the planet and we care for each other accurately. So I feel that that's exactly what this could produce, but we need to produce it. And th- the other thing I want to say is that all growth in your life, if you look at your own life, all surges of growth come when you've gone through periods of discomfort, when you've been challenged, when you thought you couldn't and then you did, um, when you were uh, heartbroken and then you uh, you became, um, you know, your broken heart became a breakthrough or you, your heart got broken open and you saw things you didn't see or every breakdown that's, that's really well handled becomes a breakthrough. So to me, this is, um, this is a beautiful time that we've been invited to go inside, not just inside of our homes, but inside here and reconstitute our sense of being. Um, and this breakdown, this heartbreaking breakdown is um, absolutely is painful, absolutely has suffering involved with it and that my heart goes out to those people who are going through that and perhaps it'll happen to me and if it does i will accept that that destiny um at the same time this is part of what i call a huge evolutionary leap what is a growth spurge and we don't grow out of the sunshine you know steel isn't tempered in the sunshine it's tempered in the in the kitchen in the heat in the fire so we're um we have the opportunity, and I think it 's happening to have a giant growth spurt right now, um, one that that no one could have caused with a workshop or a summit, uh, but but this experience that we 're all having in one experience at the same time, and out of it, we are much more a oneness a, 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 a planetary consciousness. Uh, Where There's no question about the fact that we're interconnected biologically now because the virus is you know traveling wherever it wants. So, and it comes from the earth. Everything comes from the earth. We do, everything comes from the earth. So it's part of life. And when you say we are um, part of this ecosystem, we're not planted in the ecosystem and then we get to dominate and do whatever we want with it. No, we're part of the ecosystem. And that's what the humbling, beautiful part of this is all about. The ecosystem, is us. We are, I'm an ecosystem. You're an ecosystem. We're part of the ecosystem. So it's having its way with us. And thank God she is, uh, because that's, it's time for that. And it's time for us to accept that, to embrace it, to receive it and to, um, surrender to it.
0: Great, Lynn. Last thing, um, what's, uh, one beautiful thing you have, uh, in your mind or in your heart for the future?
1: Um, well, I'm a, a new and uh, now kind of enthusiastic advocate for uh, Kate Raworth's Donut Economics.
0: Great book, huh?
1: (laughs) I I love that system. I love that idea that there's a inner circle in this donut that we won't let people go below, um, you know, food and shelter and education and um, gender equality and uh, all of that and racial equality. And then the outer ring of that donut is we will not allow people to amass tremendous wealth. That's just not right for anybody. It is unhealthy for the people who do it and it's unhealthy for everybody else. We will not take more from this planet than is, uh, is what, the, what we need. We won't take what we want, we'll take what we need. There's enough for our need and not for our greed. And within that donut, within that ring is a, 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 a life of sufficient resources of our needs being met and any overflowing goes to others whose need are not being met. Um, And that we live in a world of sufficiency, of wholeness. And I'm a a, a huge advocate for that future and I think we can create it. The city of Amsterdam is already designing that it will come out of this pandemic that way, the city of Philadelphia. Um, uh, To me, limits are not in the way, they are the way through. They are the way forward, limits that make us deepen the quality of our life rather than the quantity of it. Um, and so I'm very excited about that. And I'm also very excited uh, that people like you uh, and the colleagues who are putting this event together are creating um, environments for us to listen deeply to one another and the knowledge and wisdom that's coming through all of us, the collective wisdom that's here to be spoken, that's here to be listened to, that's here her- her here to be um, the the ecosystem in which we live and create the new future. So
0: thank you so much. Yeah. And uh, then I'll, I'll, I'll see if we can get Kate on a show with you and you guys can, can talk about this together. It's, uh, we've actually reached out to her a couple of times and we're going to get something set up. But if you'd like to be on, in on that, I'll be happy to invite you to that.
1: Thank uh, you. Well,
0: Thank you so much, Lynn Twist. Uh, you know, I just, you know, personally, I, I'm such a big fan of you and your work and, and your just ongoing demonstration of how to live a conscious life and keep growing and, uh, and keep bringing new amazing things and thoughts and ideas into the world. Uh, thank you so much for being you uh, and thank you so much for expressing yourself in all the ways you do.
1: Thank you, Michael. Thank you for this wonderful work you do and for the life you've led uh, because I know it's been one of service. So thank you.
0: The Boldly Now Show, igniting the world of burning desire, big ideas, and bold action. Be sure to download Boldly You in the App Store, Google Play, or online at bold.ly slash y-o-u. Boldly You is an app and learning platform igniting your burning desire, big ideas, and bold action. Generating a future for a thriving humanity.